Hello, greetings all of our family and friends. This is the senior pastor of This Rock International, Apostle Nathaniel Leon. I'm excited to be with you today on our Freedom Global Prophetic Podcast. We pray grace and peace in the name of the Lord. We believe God wants to minister to you in a mighty way. So I'm going to ask you to do uh, us a favor. If you would, share the broadcast, like the broadcast, let somebody know we're on. I'm about to do the same. We are uh, in belief that as we share the good news of Jesus Christ, I've said this before, and I'll repeat it again. Uh, I'm going to ask you to do the work of the evangelist. What is the work of the evangelist? To share the good news of Jesus, to tell others about the kingdom message. And that's what we're going to be talking today about. Uh, our Freedom Global podcast is found, uh, the key verse is found in Romans 8.21. It says, because the creature itself shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the sons and daughters of God. And that's one of our jobs, I believe, to share that good news, that liberty. Liberty and freedom is our portion. So wherever you're watching from, Sister Morgan Garcia, so good to see you. Blessings, Sister Melissa Larson, welcome to the broadcast. Sister Tracy, welcome. Blessings to you. Uh, Sister Mary Keys, I'm going to ask you again to do that work of the Avengers. How can I do that? By sharing, hitting that share button, hitting that uh, like button, hitting that, um, hitting that tag and just allowing those listening live or whether you're watching us on our CPN, on our Charisma Podcast Network, I'm going to pray that you would share this as well, that it would be a blessing to you and to your household. Bless you, Sister Melanie. Good to see you. Blessings to you as well. Uh, blessings, uh, Pastor Matt from our sister church in India, Spirit-filled Church of the Valley. Great blessings to you as well, Sister Gloria. So I'm going to uh, just uh, in just a moment start with uh, a word of prayer and we're going to continue uh, with the word for this week and we are celebrating uh, I believe that according to our New Testament we are not bound to days or or we are not bound to certain rituals I'm uh, the beautiful thing about our covenant the Bible says we have a better covenant on better prominence promises there is a blessing without the curse so we are not stuck to observe days or feasts or meat but we do understand seasons and times and when the Lord uh, commanded uh, the children Children of Israel to celebrate Purim, which is uh, it just concluded, and but all week this week is a is a time of celebration of deliverance from bondage and corruption, and that's what this broadcast is going to be about today. I'm uh, going to talk a little bit more about that. Bless you, Sister Violet, Sister Lisa. Blessings to you. We're glad you're with us. Those of you watching again on Facebook, watching live on YouTube, the Lord bless you. Please share the broadcast. Those of you listening on our CPN, our Christmas Podcast Network, you can do the same if this. This is a blessing to your life. We're going to get straight to the word of the Lord, and we're going to ask God to add increase to the hearing and reading of his word. So let's go ahead and go before the Lord. Lord, we, in a word of prayer, Lord, I pray the blessing of the Lord over this broadcast. Speak to our hearts, minister to our spirits, life and life abundantly. I ask you to open the ears and our understanding of the spirit that we would discern the truth of your word. Make whole, make well, make alive according to the working of your mighty power. Speak to our hearts and minister to our spirits that which is good and that which is well, that you would get 
get glory. We ask this according to your word. We pray every division, every separation, every obstacle would be broken, but that the power of your presence would come through our hearts and speak to us now. We seal this according to your word. I also pray miracles and signs and wonders would accompany the teaching and preaching of this word. This I ask in Jesus' name. And let everyone that agrees say amen. Bless you, Sister Gloria. So good to see you again, Sister Anna. We're glad you're with us, Sister Margaret. Uh, our, our key verse, again, is Romans 8, 28. And the Bible says that the creation itself shall be delivered. Bless you, Sister Nadine, all the way from South Africa to you and your husband and to you and your daughter. Blessings to you and your family. Sister Nicole, thank you for watching. We're glad you're here. Uh, let us know where you're joining in from. We want to pray over that region and over that territory. Uh, but the scripture says, Romans 8, 28, 21 says, because the creation itself will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. Whenever God is getting ready to bring liberty and a change in a generation, he raises up a son, a daughter, a servant, a, a vessel through which he will bring deliverance to the generation that they belong. I want to tell you, you are a Moses. You are the drawn out, the deliverer generation. You are called to be a Joshua who will go in and take the ground for the glory of the Lord. You've been purposed and anointed by the Lord to be a Daniel who will bring preservation to, uh, to the people of God, even in captivity. For 70 years, Daniel was used strategically to guide and to direct. And I've said it before, he was uh, uh, an oversight and a counselor and a ruler, in a prince in the city of Babylon or the region of Babylon. And some kings he canceled and some kings he counseled. There was a job that God gave Daniel. It was to be a counselor, to be a wise man, and some he counseled and some he canceled. I'm not getting into that. There are times when God removes and God adds. Here's what the scripture says, according to Daniel, that God raises up kings and God removes kings. Only God can do this. God is a remover of kings and God is a raiser up, uh, one who raises kings. He is the God who can do anything but fail. God is the one that holds the seasons and the times in his hands and he raises up and he removes. He restores and he's the one who would move by power and he reveals the secret things to the Lord. We can read that very quickly. Uh, here's what Daniel chapter 2 says. Daniel 2.21, it says he changes the times and the seasons. The seasons and the times belong to God. I know it's dark out there. I know we would say it looks kind of like uh, Babylon where there's persecution on every side. It looks kind of like the time of Esther uh, and, and the people of God are being persecuted because if you're a believer, you've got a target on your back. Bless you, Brother Jason. Welcome to the broadcast. If you're a believer, every religion, every belief system is tolerated, but the true Christian belief. They have a problem that we believe Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through him. Uh, other religions don't like that. They want us to be what, what, what is called a universalist, that all roads lead to God and all roads lead to heaven. Well, I believe that all, ultimately everyone will go back to God 
and there will be what's called a judgment day. The Bible says, according to the book of Revelation, it's appointed once a man to die and then the judgment. So a natural man dies and is at the judgment seat of God. But according to Corinthians, a righteous man goes before the judgment seat of Christ, a believer and his works are tried by fire. So all of us give an account for the things done in the body. But I must encourage you, the only way into paradise, the only way to escape the fires of destruction is through a man named Jesus and the power of his blood. And I'm not trying to be divisive, but Buddha can't do it. Muhammad can't do it. Confucius cannot do it. Scientology cannot do it. There was one name above every name, and that name is Jesus. And in, in the biblical time of Purim, which means the casting of a lot, we, we are celebrating this week uh, the deliverance of bondage and corruption into liberty by God raising a little girl named Hadassah. And you would say, I may feel insignificant. I may feel like there's nothing that can be done. But Daniel 2.21 says, he changes the times and the seasons. He removes kings and sets up kings by giving wisdom to the wise and knowledge to them who know understanding. He reveals the secret things, the deep and secret things. He knows what is in the darkness and the light dwells with him. Now in this text, Daniel 2, Daniel is the wise. He's hiding it from the magicians and the soothsayers. Daniel 1 says that Daniel was found 10 times better. He was found 10 times better than all of the witches, all of the warlocks, all of the magicians. There was a glory and the Bible says God elevated Daniel to be a counselor in this season toward kings. But here is the hand of God. I can raise up a king. I can remove a king. I can add and I can take away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. He's got that much power. But how does he do it? By giving wisdom to the wise. Who is the wise? Who, who are to know the secrets of the Lord? It is the elect. In this context, Daniel was the wise. In, in the story of Esther, Mordecai and, and Esther were the wise. In the story of Egypt, Moses and Aaron were the wise. In the story of deliverance uh, to take over uh, the promised land, Joshua was the wise. You understand when God gets ready to change and flip the script, you are that one that God wants to reveal wisdom. Wisdom not only to make your family well. And let me encourage you. The crisis you are in has very little to do, if you're a believer in Jesus, let me clarify that statement. If you've called upon the name of the Lord, if you've dedicated your life to the King of Kings, I would encourage you, the battle you're not you're going through is not with flesh and blood, but with principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness, but you are already the head. You are already the victor. You have already been made more than a conqueror. And this thing isn't really about your family, it's about nations. It's not really about your preservation and the preservation of your children, though this is involved. This is about God giving you a key to the thing you're struggling with in your house to be a deliverer of many nations. You understand God isn't only going to preserve you, God is going to use you like an Esther to preserve the nation. So Purim means the casting of a lot. Purim means that's that 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 uh, a lot of that there was a choosing there was a uh, we don't like the word gamble the church doesn't like that word and that's fine either it's not one that we we should do uh, I'm not against it I don't do it but uh, it's the word the casting of a lot it's almost like rolling the die and the lot fell according to the scripture on Haman and Haman made a decree by the casting of the lot to destroy but God took what the devil meant for evil 
evil and turned it for good. God shifted that thing and God will continue to do that. Let's go, if you would, to the book of, we're going over to the book of Esther chapter 9. And again, this week is Parim, Purim. It means the casting of the lot. And it's the time that the people of God celebrate deliverance from bondage, from corruption that was leading to tyranny. And there was a genocide coming and there was a destruction coming. And there was a, there was a plot to destroy the people of God. Let me make it clear. In every generation, darkness hates the light. In every generation, the church of Jesus Christ is targeted. You want to know why? Because they are the only only power in the earth that has the authority and the dominion to shut down the Antichrist, to cast out devils and powers. And there's only one weapon that the gates of hell fear, and that is the church of Jesus Christ. So in this context, in Esther, there is a plot to destroy all of the Jews. The Bible says, let's read, if you would, Esther 9.22 says, and then as in the days uh, as as the days were, the Jews rested from their enemy. I want you to write that. Somebody say, I received the rest. Last week, we did not have our, our Freedom Global prophetic podcast. I was traveling um, with my wife and the church sent us on some much needed rest. We were in the, the city of Maui in Hawaii and I was on the beach and the Lord said there remains a rest for the people of God. And it's not about a rest that can come from a vacation. Vacation is necessary. It's not about a rest that can come from a holiday or can come from, uh, from going away somewhere and having your bills paid. The Bible says there's a rest that comes from the presence. This presence is going to produce a rest inside that will cause every battle to end on the outside. You understand the enemy wants us restless. He wants our mind attacked. He wants our spirit attacked. He wants our body in frustration and internal turmoil so he can keep the external warfare going. But I want to tell you greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Who lives in you? Christ. And Christ has already given you victory. Victory, so that when you walk in victory on the inside, something can manifest on the outside because what's in you will spring up as rivers of living water flowing to the, to the things around you. And God, he said, uh, verse 22, that, there, that, the, that the days where the Jews rested from their enemies. I need you to write that. Say, I'm going to rest from my enemies. The Bible says there was a day and the month which was turned from sorrow into into uh, from sorrow into joy i want i want you to receive that some of you are on the line the lord says get ready i'm about to turn your sorrow into joy i'm going to repeat that again it says as the days were with the jews rested from their enemies and the month that which was turned unto them from sorrow to joy from pressure into into blessing from opposition into, into advancement, God is going to turn what the devil meant for evil around. I need to prophesy to that to somebody that your, your sorrow is going to turn to joy and your mourning into a good day. That they should make them days of feasting and joy and send portions and gifts to one another and gifts to the poor. 
That sounds like celebration. That sounds like God is telling you, take off your morning clothes and receive your dancing clothes. Get your dancing shoes out. Get your, your, your gifts out and start to bless one another. Why? Because it's time for celebration. Your season has shifted. You say, Apostle, the money's still still lacking. Uh, the finances are, I, I, someone's watching and you're under financial pressure. And it is a test to see how you respond to that pressure. How does your song get louder? Does your praise get even more, more when the enemy attacks your family? When the enemy comes in like a flood, do you lift up a standard? Is there, is there a worship in you? Or has that, that bitterness and anger and, and weariness and misunderstanding got on the inside? Let me, let me caution you. Don't let what's on the outside overtake who you have on the inside. Don't let what you're going through externally change who you believe and what you know to be true internally. I declare you are like a tree planted by the rivers of living water. You shall not be moved. I declare there are portions. I said there are portions. And the word portion is gift. It is the word belonging, but is the root word inheritance. I declare this thing you're not going to work for. Some of the things you're about to receive, you didn't work for. Nothing wrong with working hard. I believe in being a man of, 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 of hard work and it's good ethics. But this thing you're not going to earn. This thing you're going to mature to and God is going to grant this thing to you as a mature son and daughter of God. Keep reading verse 23 of Esther 9, 20, 23. And the Jews undertook to do as they had begun. I want to tell you, you're going to finish what you started. You're not going to die in this mess. God didn't bring you this far to leave you alone, but he that began the good work will complete the thing. You're going to fulfill what was started. And they began a movement. And Mordecai, all that Mordecai had written under them, there are things that have been written. There are decrees that have been determined for your life. Decrees of favor and not curse. Decrees of blessing and, 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 and not lack. Decrees of overwhelming overflow and, and not barrenness. God has written about you that you will overcome, that you are more than a conqueror. You are a man or woman of virtue. You are going to see the hand of God. He wrote your end at your beginning. He declared the thing that is not. You understand God is not in time. I'm going to say this to you again. I said, you understand God is not in time. Isaiah 46 verse number 10 tells us that God is a certain kind of God. God is not at the beginning moving toward the end. We are in 2023. And we're going into 2020 uh, to the to the mid part of 2023. And after we leave 2023, we're going into 2024 and then to 2025 and so on and so forth. Time is moving forward, but God is not in time. He is at the end waiting for you to get there. He sees your end at your beginning. Your tomorrow is God's past. Your future is God's yesterday. The thing you're waiting on, God already sees. Here's what he said, Isaiah 46, 10. I declare the end from the beginning, not the beginning to the end. And from the ancient times, the things that are not yet done. The word for ancient time means the time before time. You understand time started when man fell. Uh, praise him. Uh, bless you, brother. Pastor Jaime, so good to see you. Bless you, apostle. Time started when man fell. Man was made to be timeless. You were never meant to die. That's why the older we get, our body slows down, but our mind is renewed daily. 
because men fell, the flesh of man was cursed. When God cursed the ground, God cursed the flesh of man because man's body came from the ground. But when you are redeemed, your outward body may be perishing, but your inward man will be renewed day by day. But here is what the scripture says, in the twinkling of an eye. What is that? That is a revelation. When you see something, the mortal will put on the immortal, that the natural will put on the supernatural, and you're going to be transformed, and your spirit will see the thing that's already done. So I must encourage you sir I must encourage you ma'am what you are believing God to do is already done bless you Apostle Phil so good to see you our covenant brother from my church London bless you on the broadcast I would encourage you God declared you're in first you're in the battle but God said you already won you're looking for finance but God said I've already provided you're looking for the the opportunity to change the thing you're dealing with but he doesn't declare the beginning to the end he declares the end from the beginning and the thing that is not as though it already is because it already is and from the ancient things verse number 10 the things that are not yet done, saying my counsel will stand and I will do my pleasure. So I must encourage you, this thing is already done. Let me keep reading verse number 23, uh, Esther 9, 23. The Jews undertook to do this thing and they fulfilled what had been written. It's been written, you are more than a conqueror. It's been written, you are you are a head and not a tail. Uh, when the devil showed up in the wilderness and said, where is your breath? Have you ever had the devil come and, and test you? I want to remind you in the end of Matthew chapter number three, Jesus is comes out of the water, the heavens part, and the Bible says, bless you, Brother Ray. The Bible says, here's what the scripture tells us. The Bible says that the affirmation of heaven came and said, behold, this is my beloved son uh, in who I'm well pleased. And the Bible says immediately, the first First thing that happened, he was led into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Now that doesn't sound like any, any blessing. I mean, he's affirmed by the father. I'm the son of God. I'm, I'm pleasing to the Lord. And I would expect angels to shout there. I would expect miracles and finances to appear from nowhere. I would expect a promotion to come and healing to come. But immediately, as soon as God spoke to him, what God said had to be tested even in the heart of the first son of God. And he was driven into a wilderness to be tempted by an enemy. He was driven to see, did he really believe what he just heard? And the first thing the devil tests is the last thing God said. Write it down. Remember it. The last, the first thing the devil will test you in is the last thing God said to you. God said, you are my beloved son. I'm pleased. Then he turns around and he goes into lack. He turns around and goes into a wilderness. He turns around and goes into a testing period. I don't like it. I don't want it, but I'm going to pass this test. I'm not going around the mountain 40 more years. I'm not going around the mountain 40 more days. I want to go into the land of promise, but my response determines God's response. And the devil stood and looked at Jesus and the Bible says, go if you would there. Matthew chapter four, verse number one. Matthew chapter four, verse number one tells us, Jesus was led of the spirit to be tempted of the devil. The word tempted is the word temper. It is to test the quality. When we are squeezed, what comes out of us? When we are pressured, what comes out? When the devil puts his hand on you, what comes out of you? When the devil messes with your money. Now, don't, don't be, I, I can't be so super spiritual. 
to, to, to believe. Every time I go through it, immediately I, I start jumping and shouting and praising. But that's my goal. That when the enemy comes in like a flood, I lift up a standard. What is that standard? It is the banner of the kingdom of God. That when enemies are coming in, the enemy's trying to steal my worship. He can't take my life. He cannot touch my children. He cannot have my future. I've been marked by the blood, but he can, if I give him the ability, he can steal my praise. He can steal my worship. He can get me mad. Have you ever been bitter and mad at God? I, don't, don't, don't type amen there. Don't give your, have you ever been frustrated that you feel like God is holding out on you? You ever felt like that? Maybe you wouldn't say that and you're in the wilderness and the Bible says he's been tempted and he fasted 40 days and 40 nights and after he was hungry he had no he had no lack for for about 40 days he had no he, he was being provided for by the presence of God and the Bible says for 40 days the scripture tells us he 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 he, he was in the wilderness and he was not hungry he had tied himself to the umbilical cord of the spirit and he was now in the presence of the Lord. And immediately, I said immediately, as soon as, as, soon as the enemy, uh, uh, hunger began to come, the devil began to come and tempt him. And now he is in a place of testing and tempering. He is in a place of proving and trying. He is in a place of opposition. But I want to encourage you, the tempter came to tempt him and said, if you are the son, command these stones to become bread. Hear me by the Holy Ghost. If God is going to use you or me, I've got to learn to pass my test in the wilderness. Everything we go through is about passing tests to be pleasing to God. If God will use men and women of God, you're going to have to go through testing and tempering. And here is Jesus. He has no bread. He has, he, he's short on supply. He's missing resource. He, the devil comes, see the devil doesn't come when you're on the mountain only. He comes when you're lacking. He comes when things are tight. He comes when your family's being attacked. He comes when you just had an argument with your spouse. He comes when your child just told you you're not a good father. He comes when you got a report that the money's funny. He comes when the doctor gives you a, a lie in your body. What do you respond? In that moment, what do you respond to the voice in your head that says, if you are God's son, how come you're broke? If you are God's woman of God, how come your marriage is in this condition? If you are God's, how come your child's in the hospital? What kind of Christian are you? What kind? You've ever heard that liar, that thief, that voice come and whisper in your ear? If you are God's son, you, you remember the first thing the devil tempts and questions is the last thing God said. God said, this is my son. The devil says, if you are God's son, how come you're broke? How come you're lacking, sir? But in the wilderness is not a time to perform. In the wilderness, it's time for my identity for who I am to be solidified. I'm not in the wilderness to, to, to perform. I'm in a wilderness so that I can know who is in me. I'm in the wilderness. See, if I keep going, if I keep holding on to the promise of God, what I am short on in one season, I will give away in the next season. I need you to hear me by the Holy Spirit. If I don't stop, if I keep holding to the worst, say, devil, you are a liar. I'm the father of lies. Get behind me, Satan. What you are lacking in one season, Matthew chapter 4, 
He was lacking bread. But what did he give away in the next season? In the next season, he gave away two fishes and five loaves. You understand the devil can't stop you if you don't quit. The devil can't stop you if, if you don't stop praising. The devil can't stop you if you don't get in your own head. The enemy is attacking our minds, sir, to get us not to hear, to get us not to see. The Bible says Hebrews chapter 12, verse number three, you can put that up. We've not been tested unto blood, the scripture says. For consider him who endured such a contradiction. The contradiction is the opposite, sir. It's going through the opposite. God said finances are coming and things go crazy. God said healing ministry and people get sick around you. God said deliverance in marriages and you're, you're fighting in your marriage. God said a family ministry and your children go crazy. What do you do when you go through contradiction? It is the law of opposites. God is watching his word when he told you abundance and you're looking at lack. God is watching his word when he told you healing and you're looking at sickness. God is watching his word when he told you you and your house will be saved and now they're acting more rebellious than ever before. In Are you listening? God is watching how you handle the contradiction the law of opposite. It's a test. It's a proving period. See, Jesus never has to go through a wilderness again for three and a half years. There is no more lack for three and a half years. No more limit, no more limited supply. See, on the other end of the wilderness is the limitless supply of God. On the other end of lack and barrenness and famine, when demons are coming to whisper to you, the word contradiction is, is the word anti-logie, which is opposite, opposite, anti-opposite, backwards, logie, the opposite of the word. What did God say? The opposite will come, sir. Are you listening? The opposite will come. But if I cannot handle the opposite, I cannot handle the overflow. If I cannot handle the lack, I cannot handle the abundance. If I can't go to the, 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 the if I can't go to the tomb, I don't, I don't qualify for resurrection. If I can't go to the cross, I don't, I don't qualify to be called the, the lamb of God. Are you listening to me? How can the resurrection die? Ask, answer me that. Jesus said in John 11, I am the resurrection. And here is the, the, the 12 apostles and 11 of them ran and they fleed because they couldn't understand how can resurrection die. He didn't let, nobody killed him. Nobody took his life. He laid it down. And because he laid it down, he had authority to pick it back up, but with power. But when he laid it down, he had power to pick us up with him. When he laid it down, he had power to deliver us with him. When he let that thing die, he didn't come back like he left. He came back with resurrection power. You listening? That when you let something die in your life, God is qualifying you to be a master in that area, to be a ruler in that area, to be a king in that area, to be a man or woman who operates in another level of authority. And we don't understand in our mind, we're trying to figure it out. And we lose our joy and we lose our peace and we lose our song and we lose our faith. Sometimes we get bitter and angry with God because the trial's taking too long. Verse number three says, the contradiction is the anti-loga. The anti-Christ is an anti-God spirit. And when that contradiction comes, you endure it against yourself. You hear me? He's trying to make you not believe in the God who's in yourself. See, there are two selves. You got a self that has to die. 
deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. But then the Bible says, love your neighbor as you love yourself. There are two kinds of self. The self that is out of your own image, out of the, the nature of the beast, that self has to die. But there's a new self image you must have made in the image and the likeness of God to where when you see him, you see yourself, that you and him are one, that you abide in him and his word abides in you, that you remain one with him, that you are the hands and feet of God. And now you realize that he is in yourself, the providers in yourself. Let the bread dry up. I've got the bread factory on the inside. You can tempt me all you want, devil. I've got the bread factory on the inside. Let the oceans rage. I've got the God of the oceans on the inside. Let death come. I've got resurrection on the end. You can't stop a man, a woman who knows in whom they believe. And he's trying to attack you and bring an accusation, an accusation against yourself. He endured the contradiction against himself. This is a contradiction against your identity in God because you know lack is not your portion. You know death is not your portion. You know your family being lost and bound and headed to hell is not your portion. You know this thing to be true. And there comes a word, who are you? If you are God's son, why are you going through this? Looks back and says, it is written. Bless you, Pastor Michelle. It is written. He said, verse number three, lest you be wearied and faint in your mind. Are you hearing me? It's in your mind. The devil's trying to get you to quit in your mind. You may not tell anybody around you. You might not tell your family members or, or your, your fellow churchgoers what you're thinking. But sometimes you can quit in your mind. Sometimes you can quit in your soul. On the, you've ever looked at a man who quit? A woman who quit, they quit God. They may, they, they're leaving church not because they're, they're mad at you only. They quit on God. Let me make that clear to you. Some, some folks have quit on God. Now, not every church can represent the kingdom of God, but I'm talking about a kingdom assignment. Have you ever seen a man who has no hope left? A woman who has no hope left. Even the most saddest sight to see a believer in Jesus Christ who is now hopeless. They see their enemy bigger than God. They see their bills bigger than God. They see their sickness bigger than God. They see their hell bigger than God. They see their pain bigger than God. And even God can't change that. Are you hearing me? God told the children of Israel, if you see your enemies as greater, I cannot discomfort them. I can't displace them because you saw yourself as a grasshopper and you saw them as giants. You saw the enemy bigger than you and bigger than me. And so I can't change it until you change how you see, how you see. Don't be wearied in your mind. Strengthen yourself. Matthew 4 verse 3 says the enemy came to tempt Jesus and said if you are the son of God how come you're broke how come you're lacking how come you're missing how come you're hungry if you are the son of God and it wasn't time to do a miracle right there it wasn't miracle time there and Jesus turned back I'll say this again what you're lacking in one season if you do not let go you will give away in the next season what you're lacking in one moment, you will distribute in the next moment. What you're lacking in one day, God says you will be a distributor in the next day. He fed thousands with two fishes and five loaves. And he had 12 baskets left over. He had overflow. What you're lacking in one season, don't give up, sir. Don't lay down, ma'am. Don't you stop. Huh? I feel the Holy Ghost.
verse number four, the scripture says, and he answered and says, it is, how did Jesus answer this liar? How did Jesus answer this tempter, this accuser, this, this one who will twist the word and try to make me think I'm something different than I am? He's using the circumstance to attack my identity. But when you know who you are, I want to make it clear. When you know who, and, and not because you, you're anything of yourself, you know what God said to you. God said, I'm a son of God. It is written, that was the response. Men should not live by bread. It is written, the response of Jesus has to be our response. What did God say? What did God speak? I know you're hurting, sir. I know you're battling, ma'am. What did God write about your life? Before you began, your book was written. Your days were numbered. Your steps of the righteous are ordered by the Lord. Esther 9.23, the scripture tells us, the Bible tells us that there was a day and they fulfilled the writing. Verse 24, they began to fulfill what was written. You got a story written about you. And let me, let me give you a sneak peek of your end. It's better than your beginning. The end of a thing is better than its beginning. And you're going to finish well. Uh, he's going to turn everything the devil meant for evil for good. And that devil is a liar to tell you, you he brought you this far to leave you here. He tells you he brought you this far to leave you in this mess. He is a liar and the father of lies. And he's afraid of the word in your mouth. Because Haman the son, the son of Hamadatha, there was a generational curse. There was a lie from the enemy to destroy a plot. Haman, who is Haman? He rep represents the spirit of the Antichrist. He re represents those in governmental places, high places that want to steal, kill, and destroy. There were always witches and warlocks near kings. Haman, magnificent in his own eyes. The, the Agagite, the enemy of all the Jews, You've got an enemy and the enemy doesn't just mark you because he doesn't like you personally. He's against the people of God. The enemy of the Jews, against the Jews, he, he had devised, he had plotted to destroy all of us. Now let me make this clear to you. This shouldn't be any news to you. You've got a real enemy. The Bible calls him as a roaring lion. He's a thief and he's a liar. He's, he's come to do three things. Steal, kill, and to destroy. The thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. How does it come in thoughts? Jesus comes through thoughts and words. Devil comes through thoughts and words. The thief comes to steal, John 10, 10, to kill and to destroy but I have come the only way the thief and the life giver are the same they come the same way it's in your mind sir it's in your heart ma'am he devised a plot to kill and there is a plot I will say this it's in South Africa it's in London it's in South America it's in the United States of America it's in California there is a plot right now to destroy the church of Jesus Christ it never ends. You say, wow, how can you say that, Apostle? Read your Bible. Read your Bible. The children of Israel were targeted in every generation. They, they made them slaves in the book of Exodus. They murdered the children. They, they brought them into captivity in the day of Babylon. 
The enemy mocked the people of God. The enemy hates the people of God. Well, you say, well, that's Israel. And, and, and praise the Lord. But how much more does the devil hate the church of Jesus Christ in whom the power to stop the gates of hell? The church is marked, sir. We've been marked for life by God, but we've been also marked for death by the enemy. That's just a fact. The enemy made a plot to destroy us. And there was a plot in America. There was a plot in California. There was a plot to not only to shut down churches seasonally. They hate our singing. They hate our worship. They, why? Because the only power that can stop the Antichrist is the church of Jesus Christ. You hearing me? He plotted to destroy and cast what was called per. Where you get the word parim, a lot. There was a lot and the lot fell on, on Haman. That means that, that the die was cast and it landed upon Haman as a counselor and as an advisor. And there was a plot in the heart of Haman that came from the Antichrist spirit to destroy all the people of God. Because he hated the covenant and the lot to consume them and to destroy. What's the devil's job? To steal, to kill, and to destroy. What is God's job? To bring life and bring up life abundantly. Verse 25, and Esther came before the king. Uh, well, let, me, let, me, let me help you. Let, let, me, let me help America. Let me help California. Let me help Riverside. Let me help South America. Let me help South Africa. Let me help London. You got to go before the king. When all hell breaks loose, you got to live before the king. Who is the king of kings and the Lord of lords? This is why this story is relevant to us. We are in the last days. And you say, well, 2020 is over. 2021, that good, good, that lockdown stuff is behind us. You think they're done? Good, good. The mandatory uh, border vaccines are behind us and, and the riots are behind us. You think it's done? You read your Bible. The enemy is going to come with more devices and plots. What do we do, church? What can we do? Go before the king you're the Esther you are the bride who has the favor of God but I got bills to pay go before the king but I've got deals I got issues with my children I've got family problems go before the king I've got, I've got battles in my health and people around go before the king Esther Esther came before the king Esther went before the king and he commanded letters that the wicked device, which was devised against the Jews or the people of God, should return upon the head of, of upon, the, upon his own head, and that of his sons should be hanged by the gallows. So what did God do? God turned the thing that what was meant to destroy us, destroy the enemy. This is the same thing that happened in Daniel. They plotted for Daniel to go in the Daniel's den, in the lion's den, because he had the favor of God. They plotted to kill Daniel and he was thrown in the lion's den for praying. I'm in Daniel 6. Daniel 6.10 says Daniel was caught praying. You say, well, uh, that, that's just a Bible story. Last year, the year before, they said you can't sing in California. They, they were telling us from wicked governments that you can't sing because it's about germs and invisible particles. No, 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 sir. Demons hate praise. Demons hate worship. In California, the audacity of demons and devils ruling governments and governors to tell us we cannot sing, to tell us we cannot come to the altar, to tell us we cannot water baptize, to tell us we cannot take communion together, to tell us we cannot lay hands upon the sick and see them recover. The devil is a liar and the church bought into most of it. 
We cannot go back down that road. More is coming. Let me tell you now, more is coming. But you've got a God who's going to open the throne room of grace. And while tribulation comes, resurrection is coming. While opposition comes, glory is coming. You think Osbury is wonderful? That is the tip of the iceberg. I'm praying that it keep going. But that is just the tip of the glory of God that we are going to see in our generation. This thing turned. And the very people that put Daniel in prison, in the lion's den for praying. Again, that's Daniel Daniel 6 verse 10. They caught the man praying. They caught the man singing. You say, that'll never happen. Look at China, sir. Look at China. Look at China. The Bible is illegal in China. You've got to smuggle the Bible in China. Services are held underground. They throw you in prison for three years or more if you're found attending services or having scripture on you. Why? Because the devil hates the word of God. You say, never happened here. What do you think they're trying to do? What do you think America wants? Not people, the Antichrist. It wants a one world government with no Jesus, no Bible, no word, no anointing, no Holy Ghost. And you say, well, there's nothing we can do. No, sir. Go into the throne of the king and reverse the decree. The church is a legal term. It's a governmental force. It's a legislative power. We're not just to have religion. We are to be the people of God in whom the gates of hell will not prevail. And the keys of the kingdom will be given to the church. And whatever we bind on the earth will be bound from heaven. Legal term. Illegal shut closed whatever we loose on heaven earth will be loosed in heaven let loosed allow release bible says this thing would turn on the head of haman and his generation what they tried to do to destroy us daniel 6 10 says they caught daniel praying they threw him in the lion's den bible says god stopped the mouth of the lion you hearing me And the same people that threw Daniel in the lion's den were thrown in the lion's den themselves. They found him praying three times a day. Oh God, help us become men and women of prayer that would rather die than not pray. That would rather face lions as he did before. And they rushed him to the lion's den. I'm just about done. Here's what the scripture says. Verse 25 of Esther 9 And when Esther came before the king, he commanded letters that the wicked plan device, which was devised against the people of God, should return on their own heads, and he and his sons should be hanged from the gallows. Verse 26, and make it clear to you. Let me make this clear to you. I don't want anybody hurt. I wish they all would repent. I wish they would, but not everyone will repent. And that's not up to you to decide who God deals with and who he doesn't. You pray, I just pray for everybody. No, you pray the will of God. You pray what you hear, sir. See, there are times when you need to put your finger in the, in the face of Pharaoh and say, Pharaoh, let my people go or else. There are times when you need to put your finger in the feet in, in the in, in the in the in the face of Ahab and say Ahab you will repent or there will be no water except that my word God is gonna deal with you. You say, Well, how can you say that? It's in the Bible, sir. You don't agree with wickedness. Daniel didn't agree with not praying. 
Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego didn't agree with bowing to an idol. You don't ever give up your kingdom prince. There are times we pray for God and we want everyone to, to repent, but there are some people God removes and there are some people God destroys and that's in the word. Five kings Daniel lived through, five. Some of them he canceled and some of them he counseled. Some of them he gave counsel to and some of them the handwriting appeared on the wall and they wanted to know what the handwriting said on the wall and nobody could interpret what was written on the wall and they said, let go and bring Daniel. There's a man in whom the spirit of God is and he went and he interpreted the dream. He said, I don't think you really want to know what it says. Tell me what it says. It says the Lord says, the handwriting says, you've been measured, you've been weighed and you've been found wanting. You touch what was holy. What did that king do? He took the holy vessels. He took the cups that had been taken from the from the holy place, from the holies of holies, from the place of worship, and they were in the treasury. He pulled them out, this king, and started partying and drinking and celebrating and mocking God. A hand appeared upon the wall. I'm in the book, I'm in the book of Daniel now. A hand appeared upon the wall, and they couldn't decide what it meant. It troubled the king. Said anyone who would interpret what it means, let him come to me. And the and the Bible says they brought Daniel and he said, This means you've been weighed. You've been measured. You've been founded walking, wanting, and tonight, you, that's it. You're out of here. God says, you're done. Well, you say, well, that's a little harsh. No, sir. There are some people who are of the Antichrist that are not of God. You say, everybody is a child of God. That is not the Bible. That is not the Bible. Genesis chapter, chapter 3 tells us of somebody called the seed of Satan. Genesis 3 verse 15 says there's the seed of the woman, but there is also called the seeds of Satan. I don't get to pick who they are. I don't get to tell you who they are. Pray for everybody. Pray, just pray for everybody. You pray, the, yes, you, but what do you pray? What you hear, not what I will. I don't get to choose. I don't get to decide. Genesis 3.15 says there, there, that the seed, I will put enmity between thee and the woman. God is talking to the serpent. I will put hatred between thee and the church of Jesus Christ. That's why the devil hates the church. That's why the devil can't stand the Holy Ghost. That's why the devil hates the Bible. That's why the devil hates the name of Jesus. That's why you can say Buddha, Muhammad, Satan, any other power, any force, they'll accept it. But don't say Jesus. The devil hates the church. I will put enmity, hatred between the serpent and the true church of Jesus Christ. But not only that, and between your seed, serpent, the seed of the serpent. In the Bible, they were called Nephilim, part spirit, part fallen angel, part demonic force, and between her seed. So there's a seed of the woman, and there's a seed of the serpent. You don't get to tell us who they are. I don't get to tell you who they are. God knows who they are. And there are some people you don't pray for. It's in the word. There are some people God brings judgment upon and you pray the will of God, not my will, not your will. You're getting quiet. Another king, Nebuchadnezzar, looked at said, wow, look at what I built. Look how wonderful I am. And look at what I've done. And God used Daniel said, look, God is going to deal with you, with your pride. And God snatched the mind of Nebuchadnezzar for seven years and he ate grass like an animal he lost his sanity God snatched his mind his hands grew and he became an animal you're listening to me you've got to understand you are called as rulers and princes I'm, I'm out of time wherefore verse 25 Esther came before the king 
Divides letter verse 26. Wherefore they called these days Purim. The casting of the lot. The, the, the die, the lot has fallen on you, sir. You are chosen. You are called. I'm out of time. After the name of Pur, which means the casting of a lot. Now the Lord took what, and therefore all these words of this letter and that which they had seen concerning the matter and which had come unto them. The, 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 the hand of God fell on you. It, it, you're chosen, ma'am. Your pick, sir. This thing came upon you. They called the days Purim, and that's what we're in now. Monday night to Tuesday night was Purim. We're in Purim season. The season where God took a device of the enemy and turned it, and God's going to do it again. I said, God is going to do it again, but Esther's got to go in. Wherefore they called the days Purim after the name of Pur, the casting of lots. Therefore, all the words of this letter and that which they've seen concerning the matter and which had come before them. Verse 27, and the Jews, orda and the Jews ordained and took upon them and their seed and upon all such joined them unto so as should not fail that they would keep these two days according to their writing and according to their appointed time. I'm out of time. I want to read to you again verse 22. As the days were with the people of God that the Jews rested. Get ready. I'm going to pray a rest over you. I'm going to ask God to release this rest. Rest from your enemies. And the month which was turned from sorrow into joy, from mourning into a good day, that they should make them days of feasting and joy and sin inheritance. I need you to start to pray where you are. I decree that the God of heaven is about to send you inheritance that men and women on this podcast, men and women listening around the world, even watching in the replay that they have been through hell and high water, that the pressure is not to destroy you. The pressure is to refine you and that God is getting out of us everything that is not like him and that there will be an answer. There will be a, a performance of the word and no devil can stop it and no power can hinder it and no enemy can hold it. Every lie of the enemy, every accusation against the righteous will be brought to nothing. Every weapon formed shall not prosper and every word that is risen against you will come to nothing. I pray in the name of Jesus that men and women would be strengthened now, that this season would be a season of rest from our enemies, a rest that remains for the people of God. I ask this now, that you turn them from sorrow into joy, that you turn us from mourning into good days. I pray that you would make them days of feasting and of joy, and that inheritance would come to your people, and that the poor would be provided for, the broken would be well, the Loss would be found and, and, the, and the discouraged would come to hope as never before. Pray according to your word that men and women under the sound of my voice would be refreshed right now by the power of your word. I speak life into that man. I speak strength into that woman. I declare from the crown of their heads to the sole of their feet, they are not alone, but they are set apart for you. They are chosen, they are appointed, they are anointed. And as they agree together, I send the word to my brother now. I send the word to my sister now. I send the word to that son and daughter of God. I decree they will be well. They will be whole. And they will see God's goodness in the land of the living. I decree it now. And I bless them from the crown of their head to the sole of their feet. If you agree with that, somebody say amen. 
Somebody write, it is so in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you all. I pray uh, I could feel, still feel the presence of the Lord on this broadcast. So good to see all of you, Brother Stephen Lentz. Bless you, man of God. Uh, Brother Livingston, man of God, all the way from South Africa to you and your family, bless you. Uh, Prophetess Letitia, blessings to you and your husband, China and George. If you agree, say amen. It is so, and it cannot be otherwise, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. I believe your recovery is already coming. Don't be discouraged, sir. Don't be overwhelmed, man of God, woman of God. Help is on the way good news that God has already given you the victory and you're going to see. So I want to wish you a very blessed and prosperous Purim season. The lot has landed upon you and you've been called like Esther into the kingdom for such a time as this. And God is going to use you to, to deliver many people and what the enemy meant to destroy, what the enemy meant to stop is going to be used for the glory of God in your life. We seal this now in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining the broadcast. We appreciate all of our listeners. I'm going to ask you again to share and to repost the broadcast if you were blessed. There's more information on our website at thisrockinternational.org, how you can find out more about the ministry. We're praying God's favor and blessing over you and your house. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to Freedom Global Prophetic Podcast with Apostle Nathaniel Leon. Stay up to date with our latest episodes by subscribing on your favorite podcast app, YouTube, or by liking us on Facebook at This Rock International. Thank you for listening and have a blessed day.